Want to have safe kinky sex? Make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky safe sex needs satisfied by visiting AdamEve.com. Welcome to Hush, the podcast guaranteed to give you a load of fun. And with that being said, let's slide into the episode. Hello everybody, welcome to volume 64 of Hush. My name is Kim. This is the podcast that's a load of fun, focused on sex, dating, relationships, and all things on the Hush. I have my co-host with me. Chris. And we are here on the podcast that brings you the shit you love to hear. That is a load of fun. We have our special guest. I'm very excited. We have D Siren on here with us today. Hi guys. Thank you again for joining us. So just getting right into it, how long have you been in the adult industry? Um, I started out in 2009, so that would be, what, uh, 11 years now. Wow. A long time. (laughs) (laughs) How many scenes have you done that you can recall, like, just an estimate? Um... Well, over 300. I mean, I know I've done over 300 that are just mine, like, that I own. So, not counting, like, all the things I've done for everyone else. So, probably, like, almost 400 now. I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> what What made you actually want to try porn? Um, well, okay. Um, I mean, basically my story, uh, I was a teacher. Um, so, I started doing this, like, not young. I... I have a family. I've been married for a really long time, um, over 20 years. So um, I was a teacher. I was a swinger. Um, and so we started out in that world first. And, um, yeah, so we kind of just, like, took our weekend, like, fun and decided to make it into a career. Um, I had a friend who was a swinger that introduced me to webcam. And I was kind of fed up with teaching and you know, wanted something else to do, so I tried it on my summer off, um, and then, honestly, I had between, you know, the end of May to, like, July 21st to decide if I wanted to go back to teaching, mm-hmm. and within that time frame, I made, like, half my salary of teaching for the whole year, <laughs> <laughs> so I was, like, uh, definitely not going back to teaching, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, webcam was something that, like, drew me to swinging in the first place, was, you know, made me realize I was an exhibitionist, made me realize, like, how much I enjoyed, um, you know, people watching me and me performing, so, um, 
it, it just was kind of a natural thing, and, and I just loved webcam, and I loved the interaction online with everyone, so uh, it, it was definitely a natural thing for me. Um, I did that for strictly six months, you know, mm-hmm. just straight up on webcam. Um, this was before webcam was, like, really big, and um, I was on iFriends, which no longer exists, but... Um, it was uh, definitely something that I, I, you know, I was really good at private shows, not so good at the, as I say, stripper online. That's kind of like, you know, the thing now is if you're a really good hustler, if you're a really good stripper online, <laughs> then you do really well on webcam. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that that format wasn't such my, um, I don't know cup of tea I, I you know I'm a, as a I'm a sure thing <laughs> I'm not so much of a team so uh yeah I, you know I would just show off all my toys and I have kind of crazy toys so it was <laughs> like which one do you want me to use today and <laughs> you know and so it was all about the private shows and, and doing that kind of thing and and then I was told I was just too hardcore for webcam and I should try porn so um I mean about six months later I was uh, asked to do my first video with Nadia Alicia, who is now retired, um, with she and her husband who live in Florida. And um, so I went up to Florida and I shot my first video, which was called Huge Hold 15, the sticky video. And so I went big before I went small. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I went real big with really big toys. And uh, go that went that route and then I went back and you know went back out to LA and you know shot for Naughty America and Reality Kings and all the you know I'm your friend's hot mom and all that kind of thing so you know went to you know your normal size human being (laughs) not not the insane like non-human toy Being a teacher, were you actually kind of nervous that somebody was going to find you before you made your decision to go on with doing porn or doing the webcam um, first? Well, it was definitely, uh, you know, something that I, I mean, there was no question that I, it would be found out. Like, you know, not what I tell people straight up if, if they come to me now, you know, are is it something I'm going to be found out? Yes. <laughs> I mean, once you make the decision to go on the internet, then you're going to be on the internet. Like, you know, and they they do ask me, well, where's this going to be seen? And I will tell them everywhere. Like, that is my goal, is to be seen everywhere. <laughs> like, as many possible places as I can be seen, that's where I want to be seen. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, it was it was pretty much you know a decision that my husband and I discussed. We we really talked about it. It was definitely something that we thought about whether the you know consequences to our family and and how will people react to it and and I, you know it, it finally came down to the decision of you know what do I want and what do I want out of my life and you know who am I as a person and. And, and I'm a very open-minded person. I'm an open-minded person sexually. I always have been. And, you know, and I did lose a lot of my family, um, to be completely honest. You know, a lot of them disowned me. I'm from Texas. I, they're very conservative. Um, and, you know, but then, you know, those who stuck with me are the people that I actually care about. And those who didn't stick around, I, you know, realized I saw them twice a year on holidays and I don't really know them anyway. And, 
and and they're really not people that I like like as people <laughs> they're not they're not they're very hypocritical and they're very judgy and and they're not really people I want to hang out with anyway so um and and so as for you know the neighborhood and everyone else that knew me or around me finding out um yeah I mean it changed a lot of things um it affected my family it affected my children and uh it was one of those things that was just an adjustment period you know once they realized that oh you know it, it, once they got over the stigma um that surrounds the adult business um and it, and that really took more just communicating and explaining that you know not everyone's a weirdo and not everyone's you know this is a job and we're professionals and and you know, really, sadly, people relate the adult industry with um, sex trafficking and with um, child sex trafficking, <laughs> and and which is odd considering that it is an adult business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we really, honestly, try our best to completely uh, disassociate ourselves from that. Um, and you know it's extremely professional you know we all have paperwork we all have everything signed and we all verify age so uh otherwise we can't post it online so it, it, it's um one of those things that i'm hell-bent on uh you know now uh, as a veteran performer to break that stigma and build a bridge between mainstream the mainstream world and us uh, you know, and getting past that stigma that, you know, we are some deviant creatures <laughs> um, that, you know, are doing something bad because uh, I think sex is just something that we need to make more natural and realize that it's a basic instinct of humans and not such a taboo, scary, shameful thing. Um, because we've accepted as a society that violence is totally fine, um, as we can see all around us, but, you know, sex is just so terrible for some reason. Um, and it's just the most basic thing as being mammal. <laughs> and, um, it, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for sex. And, and we definitely have caused way too much shame in people. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like, you know, it, it was it was a stigma we had to get past, but once we talked to the people that were our friends and and you know parents of our children's friends and that kind of thing, it was like okay, you know we are you know us as people and you know that we're not any different than you are. It's just we're performers and we enjoy our art, you know. So. I'm glad that you actually brought up the whole notion of stigma and taboo because that's basically where we got the name, where we conceived the name for the podcast, Hush, was because those mm-hmm. things are always supposed to be kept on the hush. Um, and mm-hmm. we just wanted to bring to light like any type of stereotypes and honestly breaking down stigmas because I feel like there's so much shame. I grew up in, in a Catholic background, so we couldn't even talk about about this openly you know like you didn't know people's sex lives that was something that it it was just not discussed so that was actually awesome that you that you brought that up because that's pretty much the purpose of why we created this podcast Uh, Chris and I wanted to talk about sex openly switching it back onto your career um, were you into porn before you came before you became a part of the adult industry actually no (laughs) <laughs> my husband is. <laughs> he's 
he's the smart guy. Like, he's definitely, he's the one with the vision. He's, I don't know, he's the perverted mind, I suppose. He, yeah, he's the director. He's the photographer. He, he definitely has the vision for what's hot, what you see. I'm the performer. Like, I'm all about the action. Um, I'm not a watcher. I'm not a voyeur. He's the voyeur. So uh, what you see is his vision, not mine. <laughs> um, uh, but what you see is really just me acting out my fantasies. So, like, if you watch my, like, everything I've done for other people, of course, is their vision because they're the director and they're the company that I've worked for. Mm-hmm. But um, as for my own, like, website, um, a lot of the things he's done are with his instigation, but with it was something that I agreed to, of course, and, and it's like a fantasy, you know? Okay, you know, who wouldn't? I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of girls that wouldn't do what I do. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was like, uh, I mean, like, for instance, I, I love the Pockies. I don't know. Most people probably don't even know what that is. But it's basically, you know, masturbating and a lot of men surrounding you and jerking off. <laughs> and enjoy. It's all about mutual masturbation and watching each other masturbate. And, and there's no, you know, touching. There's no sexual interaction except for with yourself. And but you're openly doing it with each other, and it's actually a very intimate setting. It's it's fun. It's funny. It's silly. Uh, I laugh. If you if anyone's ever seen my videos, I laugh, and it's very natural, and and no one feels excluded. And it's it's one of those things where I I truly like I do it even on webcam where I watch someone else's webcam, and it's very much a turn on, you know, to see someone else you know get pleasure I get pleasure and you know and it's one of those things where we can all get pleasure within ourselves because honestly masturbation you can pleasure yourself more than someone else can pleasure you way easier Mm -hmm. um if you if you have the um experience with masturbation um interestingly enough and and I am a um now a intimacy and relationship coach um so I, I I've worked with a lot of people that, you know, because of their cultures and the shame that has been brought upon them, they actually don't even have experience with masturbation. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being the case, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't even have the experience of exploring your own body. Well, you're never going to be able to explore another person's body if you don't even know mm-hmm. about your own. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Um, with opening that up and being the person that's like just getting all the attention looked at upon you and I'm just I'm basically the one in the center you know being able to expose myself to be able for them to be able to be pleasured and it's it's just I don't know to me it's it's a fun exciting experience and it, it may come across as strange but it's really to me it's a very natural like loving experience and and you know everything I've ever done was all about pleasure and mutual pleasure so um, nothing I've ever done, even though a lot of people think a lot of the things I've ever done were extreme because it includes so many people, <laughs> um, they really weren't, you know, I, it, it's really intimate to me because, uh, I mean, I like lots of people <laughs> and I've, I'm all about, you know, being with all different sorts of people. So I, I, it's one of those things where I'm all about a polyamorous relationship and open relationships with other people and not being 
so, um, you know, I, I guess controlled and consumed by the fact that sexuality should be something that is, you know, controlled or society puts way too much pressure on us to feel like we have to be in one relationship or one love or one, you know, one, in, in my, in my world and in my mind, you should be able to feel the way you feel about anyone. Um, and, and, and I think that's a, I think that's a big, you know, confusion in everyone. And I think it, if, if everyone understood intimacy more, um, then they would get along much better with each other. <laughs> um, because intimacy is just not sex. Intimacy is really almost any familiar relationship that you have with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can be a handshake, a hug, a, a smile, you know, if, if I know you as a person, I've spoken with you as a person, and you know me, you know my name, that's intimate, you know, it can be spending time together, like us having a discussion, it's an intimate discussion, so people just don't know what intimacy really means, and once they get that clicks in their heads, they realize that they actually have intimate relationships with a lot more people than they realize, and, and that changes the aspect of that you're such a singular person on this earth and that we're all really connected a lot more than we realize we are. So I think it's an important factor in human, in, in human psychology and, and within our society, we need to see that we're all so much more connected than we really are. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good that you, you brought that up as far as like knowing who you are. So, um, when when Kim had found out about who you were, she had came and she asked me, she's like, hey, have you ever heard of uh, D Siren? And I'm like, yeah, who hasn't? You know, and and she was like, oh my gosh, she's like, I'm just looking at her scenes and her scenes are super hot. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, like have you have you not? And so she's like, so I'm, I'm sorry to kind of put her on the spot, but she's like, kind of like started off to become one of your biggest fans because it's like, <laughs> she am. tells me all the time, she's like, she's like, oh my gosh, she's like, she's so natural and she's like, I love her scene like she does you know with different people <laughs> and stuff like that and I think so, you're hot yeah you know <laughs> and she's like she's like I think she's so hot she's so sexy and I'm like yeah I'm like I've, I mean I've known about you for years and and she was just like and then now it was like it opened her eyes and she's like oh my gosh like we have to get her on the show and I'm like yeah I think we should because you know it's it's because you're one of my favorites and I love I love that. I love that. I love when I can bring, you know, I love when couples or women, I mean, I love that I can bring women in and see that, you know, because my goal has always been to be like, you know, and our goal as a studio has always been to make every woman's fantasy just like come true. Like, whatever you want to do, let's do it. Like, you know, I'm all for it. Like, because it's always been like our, you know, my husband's goal was to make my fantasies come true. So, it was like, you know, that's, that's always been, you know, the, the goal is to make, and now my goal is to make everyone realize that we're all just people. You should just stop, you know, whatever you, you've been taught and brain, I don't know, in my mind it's brainwashing, but, it, you know, it, it, it brainwashed into thinking that sex is such a bad thing when it's so not, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. get over this because what, Unfortunately, what it's done is the brainwashing has allowed predators to get within and take hold 
of people mm-hmm. because they don't they don't feel comfortable with themselves and they don't even understand when someone's being predatorial to them because they don't understand that that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like if you teach, you know, and I can go on and on and on about sexual education because that's what I do now. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm a teacher and at heart I've always been a teacher and I will always be a teacher. But now, like, now sex to me is something that's like... In regular school, you can't, you don't teach children about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, you're actually limited, if you look at, at laws, you're limited to only teaching about abstinence and birth control. And that is nothing. That is literally birth, that is literally teaching children how to not get pregnant. And it's not mm-hmm. about sex. Um, they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And what they're learning is from watching porn. And you know, I've been asked, you know, when should you teach children about sex? You should teach them the moment they have access to a computer or a phone because mm-hmm. they're definitely going to have access to porn. It's, it's unstoppable. You cannot stop children from sharing it with each other. Even if you stop it as a parent, their friends are going to show them. Yep. And, and the fact is, wouldn't you rather talk to them before that? And exactly. why are you afraid? And the, and the problem is, is that we're afraid as parents because our parents never talk to us. Yes. And, and it's, a, it's a generational problem. Um, my parents never spoke to me. The talk was given to my brother when he was 16, way too late. <laughs> and I was 14, and all I did was sit there and listen. And it was, it was not even something that I learned anything from. So as a... 16 year old when something bad happened to me you know I didn't know anything so instead I just was like I don't know what to do I feel like this is my fault I'm gonna shame myself for the rest of my life and I'm gonna keep it hidden because that was my fault for putting putting myself in a bad situation and also from now on I like that so I'm just going to go do it in in a secretive fashion so no one knows mm-hmm. and instead of ever talking to anyone no one ever knew so then you know by the time my parents actually spoke to me about sex I was 18 and I had sex with 33 different people <laughs> and they never knew so it's like you talk to your children either you speak up and talk to your children or they're going to end up doing it behind your back and you're not going to ever know. And then what happens is they put themselves in dangerous situations. So as a parent, as a sponsor, as a teacher, as a sex educator, parents need to step up and do their job. And they need to stop being afraid of themselves. Like, don't be afraid of sex and don't be afraid of yourself. And, and you know, I don't want to put Men are very open sexually. But women, it's, it's, they're not. <laughs> and, um, and it's society that's put that fear in them. And it's, it's something that we just need to stop being afraid of. And just open, open up and be, realize that it's not a scary thing and it's not a bad thing and we don't need to be afraid of our own bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even, and we're taught these things from like a, a young age. I mean, Sadly, school even does it to you. You know, dress codes do it to you. You know, why is a tank top a bad thing on a five-year-old? 
You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know? And why is a boy being told, don't look at a girl when you're five? What? You know? I mean, it's like, you can't wear those shorts because a boy might look at you. What? Now the boy's in trouble for looking. And the girl's in trouble for wearing. And it's like, what are we doing? What are we doing to our children? You know, it's so messed up. <laughs> yeah. So... It's all, it's all a mixed up situation and, you know, I just hope that at some point we'll wake up and realize that it's, it's such a basic instinct, sex is such a basic instinct that religion and society needs to get the fuck out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like get out of it. Stop trying to control us when it comes to something that's so basic. Mm-hmm. And let us let us just live our lives and not and be able to actually educate our children. Because personally, I have teenagers and I have grown adult children now, and I've been you know not strangely open with them. I don't talk about them about every detail, but the moment you know that I know that they're exposed to something, then yeah, I'm gonna say you know what have you seen. Talk to me about it. You know, they can be free to open about, up about these things and not be scared. Mm-hmm. You know, because otherwise, and any questions that they may have, they feel free to say something to me. And interestingly enough, my oldest, when I was a teacher, he was going through puberty. He was going through those things, and I didn't talk to him. So he had less sexual education at a younger age than my younger two. And because I wasn't into the industry back then. So he has more of a, you know, blocked idea of what happens than they do. And and so now it's like, okay, now I have to talk to you when you're 23. <laughs> Where I talked to them way earlier, you know. Now at 23, I'm like, it's okay to do this. And it's okay to do that. And it's okay for your girlfriend to feel this way. <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, where... Now that my other two children have been around my life and realized, you know, mom does this and, and yeah, they know what we do for a living, then it's not so, so taboo and it's not so scary, you know, when those types of subjects come about. I totally agree. I feel like we should be having these talks with our children as soon as possible. My mom was a teen mother. Um, She was already 17 with two boys. So she's the only one that actually gave me like the sex talk by the time I was like 10 or 11. And it was a lot more than what sex ed was teaching me, which was basically, as you said, like abstinence. You know, you don't do these things. And she was basically saying like, no, like you're going to have urges as a human. This is what I would prefer, you know. And I was actually on the pill, even though I wasn't sexually active at the time, I had agreed and we had this mutual talk where I was actually on the pill from like 16 to 18 in high school just to protect myself because I knew uh, having that talk with her. Other than that, though, beyond my mother, you couldn't you couldn't bring this up. It was just it's it's funny now because now with the podcast, I have a lot of family on board and in support. Like they don't necessarily want to hear the sex experiences that I've shared earlier in my earlier episodes. I totally understand that. But they're in complete support. Like we love what you're doing, though. We didn't have this growing up. You know, nobody everybody was afraid to talk. 
And I, f- I totally agree with you. Like, I feel like you nailed all the points. We need to have that discussion. Then you find out later yeah. that your daughter's pregnant. And then you're wondering what happened. Well, you never talked to her, you know, or like now your son's expecting. I, I just, there's so many situations. And I feel like my mom was probably the only one in my family that was open enough to talk about that, but only because it happened to her. She was a teenage mom oh, and it was just a disappointment, right. you know? So she right. went through and a rough time. Probably, and she probably felt a lot of shame because of it. Yes, definitely. And that's why she talked to you and she doesn't like it to happen to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it shouldn't even get to that point. You know, I have a daughter and... You know, same thing. I, you know, she got on birth control right when she started her period. It was like, let's get you on uh, right when she could, I guess. It was mm-hmm. more like, when, I think she was about 15. Um, and it was more like, hey, you have, you know, some acne. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that was really the reason we did it. was more like, hey, it'll adjust your hormones and help you out. <laughs> so... And she was like, I'm for it. And then, you know, of course, at that time, it was like, okay, also, <laughs> it's birth control. So you, you know, and, and the, you know, gynecologist talked to her straight up about it. It's like, are you having sex? She's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, that wasn't even a factor at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was just more like, well, if you do, <laughs> now you're prepared. So. Exactly. Um, and, I, and, and you you shouldn't put it all on the boy. It's not the boy's job to make sure that the girl is protected, you know? Mm-hmm. It's your job as a girl to make sure you're protected. You know, even if it's not birth control, I, you know, bring your own condom. Exactly. Like, why would a boy be expected to be the one to protect you? Yep. You know? And from the, and you know, same thing with my boys. I, from the day they got their cars, I was like, here's some condoms, put them in your car. Because I told them, you know what, I, I know you're not going to have sex at my house. <laughs> so, you know, I here's some condoms to put in your car. I know that's weird to say, but I know when I was your age, I always had sex in the car. <laughs> so, so, you stick them in this. Yeah, that's so funny. My mom did the same thing with my brothers as soon as they hit middle school. And, and it was the thing that you said, too. She had a little bit of an earlier. Well, no, actually, we had the we had the sex talk at the same time, but they were already out and trying to experience by the time they were in middle school. So she gave them condoms, you know, just yeah. safety first and had that talk with them. So yeah, that, I mean, that's so cool. <laughs> These days, you know, their children are exposed to sex so much earlier. Oh gosh! Yes, they are. The internet. Mm-hmm. And it's and right honestly, at their fingertips. If you're, your, if you're gonna give your kid a phone at ten, then you better talk to them because they're gonna see it, and then they're really gonna be confused. Mm-hmm. And and they're gonna learn. And and I feel like as a adult performer, that it is my um job to not only perform but also to teach so you know and that's where my now that I've been doing this for so long I feel like that's where I'm leading to is I I just started a new website um well and it's different than the one you have on the paper 
awesome that you took the passion that you had while you know going into becoming a teacher and now blending it into what you're currently doing as a porn star I think that's so awesome that you have basically combined the two fields that that you've had expertise in and now you're sharing that with with others I think that's so awesome that's so proactive totally agree with that 
Just switching the topic back to your career really quick, we wanted to see uh, what are your turnoffs? You told us what your favorite scenes are, and we were curious, is there like any limits that you have, any turnoffs? Um, I'm not really, I'm not a pain person. I'm all about the pleasure, not the pain. Um, even though, like I said, some of the things I do look extreme, look like they are painful, nothing's painful. Um, I, uh, yeah, and just ego is probably a big turn off. Like, if your ego is, like, huge and you just think you're the shit. <laughs> 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 if you're just, like, a non-authentic person and you are just completely fake, that's probably a turn off. I, you know, narcissism, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I'm just a very psychological person, so I could probably go into all the factors of what kind of person <laughs> I don't like. Um, but honestly, like, I'm a very open-minded person to everyone, as long as you are authentic and you open yourself up to being real with me, then I'm pretty open to you. You know, everyone has their flaws, everyone has their uh, issues, their problems, um, and as long as you're real about them um, and acknowledge them, then I'm pretty, I'm pretty open-minded. I personally, physically, I just don't like pain. So, um, yeah, just don't spank me. <laughs> you know, I, I have a big butt and everybody wants to spank my butt. And I'm like, no, I'm not into spanking. You know, I'm not into that my external body does not like pain at all. Um, internally, internally, I don't know. I, to me, everything feels like a massage. So I'm like, I can take a lot internally, but not external. <laughs> what is your favorite position? See, that's hard because I honestly like everything. Like, I, I, I can't say I, there's anything. I, I'm kind of a contortionist. You know, the orthopedic surgeon said I'm a circus freak, so we don't have to explain it. Uh, so, I, you know, I like, I'd say my favorite position is probably actually like sideways. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> On my side with my leg like twisted. I know that's a and we wanted to ask you the age old question does size matter Yes. 
speaking of penetration, do you have a penis preference, like length or girth? I know you probably get this question all the time, but I'm always curious. I like to ask our female guests that. I prefer girth. Like, I do prefer thickness over length. Okay. Like, if you're the thicker, the better, then the longer. Like, Mm I mean, I honestly can take, well, okay, I prefer girl arms over anything <laughs> that was actually going to be that's so funny i was actually going to ask you too if you preferred scenes with men or women what do you prefer um, We love them. I'm telling you, your scenes are hot. <laughs> switching up from oh, the topic, you. though. Thank you. Uh, switching up from the topic from porn for a bit, what do you enjoy doing on your spare time? Honestly, most of my spare time is spent with my family. I don't have a lot of other spare time. <laughs> I have so many projects going on all the time. I love writing. I love reading. Um... I like crime shows, um, so I, I watch a lot of crime TV, um, and I, yeah, I, I like laying out in the sun, I like, to, I live in Texas, so I like the heat, um, but mainly I just spend a lot of time with my kids, I mean, that's pretty much what I do, I'm mom, like, I'm, most of the time I'm just mom, um, and then the rest of the time I'm working, so, I really don't have any other, you know, and, and when I'm more, when I say writing and reading, it's about work, it's about psychology and sex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you, when you love your job and your uh, weekend hobby and made it into your career, then it's like your job becomes like your hobby, so... Yeah. We love that. Was it, um, has there ever been times when you've been out and people have like recognized you and like come up to you and ask you for like a picture or autograph or anything? Just randomly, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do that at the grocery store. A lot of times they just tap 
me on the shoulder and just say, I love your work. I'm that. <laughs> um, I've had people do weird things. Like, I had a broken foot for a while, and a, I was on a scooter, and some guys were drinking at a bar, and we were eating Mexican food at lunch, and they followed me up. Just, like, in the middle of a big plant. There's, like, a whole little, like, kid thing. Instead of being kind of creepy. No, fall out. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. but that's really <laughs> creepy. <laughs> do, you, do you by any chance have a have a comfort food? Like your, your go-to? your favorite place that you've ever visited? you too just a fun little question if someone were to tell you hey do that thing you do what's the first thing that would come to your mind uh probably squirting <laughs> <laughs> you're like hold on let me do this <laughs> like, everybody tells everybody tells me to squirt like, that's the main thing they tell me they want me to do <laughs> uh what's the Pretty great much. what is the greatest advice anyone's ever told you Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very difficult. This life is not easy. 
um, being human's not easy. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, nothing really matters except what, who you are as a person. And I feel like everyone, you know, in this life has a gift. And it's really important to just be yourself so that you can find your gift. Because if you let everything else around you and all the society, people, environment, everything else influence you, then you'll never find your gift. And, you know, it's just so important to just be able to be free and open-minded enough to actually be it. You know, otherwise you're going to be stuck in a box forever. And, you know, it's not fun living in a box. I really love that. That that's such a good way to end the episode. One last question: Where can people reach you? Uh, lots of places. Um, you can. Well, my main Twitter is at Mrs. Siren, and my Instagram is B dot Siren. Uh, those are my two main ones. If you want to find any of my coaching information, uh, the Instagram now is at. Uh, these are siren. siren. Um, my coaching website is thelovesiren.com, and my porn website is mrsiren.com. And um, um, my podcast is Siren Sexy Secrets. It's on YouTube. Subscribe. It's my husband and I, similar to you guys, but we just yeah we tell about all our crazy stories. Um, and then, shoot, I don't know, Google me. <laughs> you will find me. Like, I am everywhere. Like, I'm all over the place. So, if you Google me, you'll probably find everything. Yep. That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when uh, when Tanya told me uh, when she pitched you coming onto the show, I actually so to clarify earlier, I actually had seen your porn like a month before, and I was like, but I had only saw one scene, and I didn't even look at the name, you know, like when it's on Pornhub sometimes and it's uploaded from a different yeah. site. Yeah, so I didn't know that that was you, and I was like, oh my god! But we want to thank you for coming on today with oh, us and taking the time. Yeah. We're we're gonna watch some more of your porn because we're we're big fans. We're not even lying about that. Well, we wish you a great rest of the weekend. We hope you have an awesome day. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today, D Siren. We really appreciate it. We really do. Well, thank you for being my fans. That makes me so happy, and I'm so glad to be on your show. Thank thank you. you. Have a good day. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Hush Podcast. Make sure to find us on Podbean, Red Dragons Radio, Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, thehushpodcast.com, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter page.